welcome to the Real Pill Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loizel. And you do not get to watch my fucking television. <laughs> fuck, fuck. <laughs> fuck, okay. Let's check out the levels and here you go swearing at me, Al Pacino. Yeah. Because she's got a great ass. <laughs> you had your head all up in it. That's from um, Al Pacino film, um, Scent of a Woman. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he had to get up there to get that scent all the way <laughs> yeah. with his whole head. Yeah, yeah. He See, in that, in that movie, he's blind, right? Uh-huh. So his, his sense of smell is heightened. Okay. That means he doesn't, shouldn't have to put no, his whole head in there. Let me finish. Let me finish. Right? He has to put his head up in there to get a visual idea of her ass. So he has to be all up in it. You ever <laughs> done that? Like to paint a picture, you got to smell something. Well, I've never <laughs> stuck my head up a woman's ass. But you should. It's, have you? It, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it's okay. Who are you? <laughs> uh, managing editor, Mark Salcedo. Managing editor and writer at Screen Geek. <laughs> <laughs> I like catching you off guard. <laughs> it's up. There, there have been numerous times where you've caught me off guard. And just saying something that's just completely, like, random, but makes complete sense to you, where I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, it just, it just fucks up my equilibrium and, like, put, it throws me off balance. But you like it, too. You it's like funny. It. It, keeps, it, it keeps this dynamic uh, alive, on mm. fire, you know, very, very up, you know, unlike the gray man. I'm going to call him the gray heat man now. The gray heat man? The Gray Heat Man. The Gray Heat Man. The Gray Heat Man. That sounds weird. The Gray Heat Man. It sounds like Jip Carrey trying to say great with the way he like jokes around. The Gray Heat Man. Uh, the Gray Heat Man. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at therealappeal at gmail.com. I said that wrong. Why do I do that? I've done that before. I don't know. That's like that's like saying, hey, Mark, why do you keep forgetting where you write at <laughs> or your name? Look, I only do it when I'm, I've had a bad day. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal. Two E's in real. You can almost, I mean, you can also. <laughs> almost. No, no, no. Don't almost. Do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> you can also email us at, at therealappeal at gmail.com. <laughs> How do you almost <laughs> email somebody? You're like typing. You're like... I'm just not going to press send. <laughs> well, I meant also, but my brain went almost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you and I both have, we've had long days. <laughs> um, or a long day, excuse me. A long day. <clears throat> if you could review us on iTunes, and then we'll get noticed. Our segments, what? Actually, you know what? I'm going to change that. Because since the beginning of this podcast, we've been saying review us on iTunes mm-hmm. to get us noticed. I'm going to change that. Hmm. Review us wherever you find us. Anywhere. Just give us those five star reviews. Anywhere. Don't yeah. don't don't run. Don't run. Don't even walk to Apple. You should eat an apple because it keeps the doctor away. I had an apple for lunch. Did it keep did it keep the doctor away? Yeah, because Joanne gave it to me because I didn't have any lunch. <laughs> oh, okay. Cause I stayed at work when I didn't expect to and I don't have money. Gotcha. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, just review us wherever you find us. Whatever. Apples. <laughs> yeah, review us for apples. <laughs> <laughs> Throw apples at us. <laughs> Throw apples at the review. 
Erica, I know you can review us. <laughs> we'll get one review. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Down for that. Every review counts. Um, this week, our segments are our recent review of The Gray Man, our variety time, Heat's coffee scene. Ooh, that sounds dirty. I was like, what is he saying here? Heat's these words, coffee scene. These words don't belong together. Heat's coffee scene. What? That's what but, makes it sound even better. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like an actual name of, of like a cafe until it said scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, like Heat's coffee scene. <laughs> Our geriatric cinematic of Heat. We've all been feeling it. It's summer. I know. Perfect time to, to review Heat during... The heat. The heat. <laughs> and what is our terpic? Uh, itchy and scratchy in real life. They fight. They fight. No, they fight and bite. Fight and bite and bite. Bite, fight, fight, fight. Bite, bite. I'm trying to remember the itchy and scratchy song. <laughs> like, it's, like it was pertinent to this fucking podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, how you feel? How am I feeling? Yeah. Like dog shit? Like dog shit? I'm with you too. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I don't know why. Well, no, I kind of know why. I've been having these ups and down, dealing with my depression. Um, I, I, maybe it's because it's getting towards that season where like my, you know, the seasonal depression starts peeking around. Mm. Maybe that's why I'm going up and down or something like that. Should really talk to my psychiatrist and be like. You haven't been this bad over the summer. I know, but like. Usually doesn't pick up till like September, and it's very mild when it starts. You know what I think it is? It's funny because I was I was talking to my coworker. We were we were discussing like what we're doing for like the the company's website and how to like improve on it and stuff like that. And we were both discussing about how we both we both like our job, but like to an extent, like we're kind of of like the we're kind of like the catch twenty two mindset where it'd be great to work at like a mindless job mm-hmm. so you can spend time after doing whatever you want to do, like side projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you work at that mindless job, you deal it with... It sucks the creativity out of you. Yeah, and you deal with like bullshit. Because mm-hmm. most... I'm not saying all mindless jobs, but I mean... Most of them are unsophisticated in a way that their management does not give a shit about their workers. Yeah, and then you like... We'll deal with customers because we were putting an example because she was saying about like being a cashier that she couldn't go back to. And then I was like, I was a cashier at one point. I would not go back to it. The only time I've ever done a cashier job is at a video store. And it it was just fun because my friends and I would just talk about movies. And you did start missing like delivery driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like recently. Yeah. And then and and like I said, it's a catch 22 situation because we like our job that we have now because it involves us being creative and like figuring out how what works best and try to get attention and, and all that kind of and stuff. And you're not making all the money, but it's better than minimum wage. Yeah. And at the end, and it, we make this money so that we can work on our side projects. But by the end of the day, we're kind of tired out like mentally because mm-hmm. we would spend all our energy on this stuff. And then when we're at home for the evening or for the weekend, you just want to turn that shit yeah, off you just and want to just veg watch out. something. Exactly. Which, Let which, someone else be creative. Yeah, which which I've been doing probably for like maybe two weeks now. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's because 
because as Kelsey knows, and I'm going to share with everybody, my depression is like linked to like my creative side. If I'm not being creative or like working my mind out, then I get depressed. I get bored. But I get Mark, we go to the gym. <sighs> not because we want to. Yeah, but to. your brain should be working out like <laughs> we, getting the, those fucking gains. Yeah, I live in the dumbbells, the 50 pound dumbbells with my cortex or cerebral cortex. Is yeah, <laughs> work out each lobe. I know, right? I should do that. I should have like a mega mind type brain or cut some your shit. brain open, like cut your head open. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Take your brain out, put mm-hmm. it down, work out beside it. You guys could be workout buddies. Well, do you have to, okay? Because I, I mooch off of your gym uh, gym membership. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you at that tier where you can? access the surgical room to perform that act well they have those like maybe that's what that one big machine with the <laughs> electrodes are for oh i <laughs> probably it's like a, a stand-in tens unit <laughs> <laughs> it like takes you it like takes you out of your body or some shit and, like, yeah fucks your brain like works it out <laughs> all that kind of stuff <laughs> that's like that's like the gold membership <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um yeah but my day was not uh, as no, you make that sound mild. I, I, you've told me, you've told me about your day, and even I was like, oh Jesus, I have to get to work. This is kind of a lot. Right no, now. I know. And then you, you came in, you're like, I'm gonna do the podcast, and I'm like, I don't want to bug you with my shit. <laughs> you mean when I walked in? Yeah, yeah, like you were very. I could tell what kind of mode you were in, and it was not the let me give you a hug so you could feel better for a second type mode. No, it was so- definitely like. Just want to get going. Yeah, let's get, let's get this over with. You've been already having a bad day. It's not your fault, but you've been having a bad day now for like a week. <laughs> Me? Me. You? Yeah. Yeah. So I was talking like you. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I mean, came in here. We'll get the podcast done with. I mean, also, traffic and was a bullshit. I also ran into a, a glass door. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it well, was my shatter, boss's You didn't door. shatter it, right? Okay. It was my boss's door because <laughs> I was so out of it today. And then I was trying to like show him something. So I was kind of looking down at the paper and I walked right into it. But my toe kicked the door first. And he was like, are you okay? He was actually like worried. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, you didn't hit your head? I'm like, no, I kicked the door and I hit it with the back <laughs> of my hand and kind of my belly. But I, I did not hit my head at all. I would have play, played that off. I would have been like, oh, yeah, I got to go to home. I got to go home. I can't work today. <laughs> or I'll work from I'm home I'm too today. busy for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And traffic. Yes. So we're, we're both having bad days. But you know what? The show must go on. Yeah, that's why I was hoping you weren't like, oh, I know you've had a bad day. Do you want to skip it this week? Because I don't like letting that shit win. Oh, okay. You know, we gotta gotta keep it going. All right, we gotta tag team that bitch. Yeah, exactly. Give it a clothesline. You know, gonna pick you up, not pick you up, but pick that bitch on the up on the turnbuckle and stick then, your head up its ass. Yeah, stick his yeah, and all up in it. <laughs> Twist it around a few times. Yeah, turn that some bit sideways, and then uh, body slam it. You know, mm-hmm. the usual. If we're gonna clothesline it, the best way to do that: mm. Red Rover, Red Rover. See, this was getting this was getting pretty funny. You just killed it with that, so <laughs> No, you didn't. Actually that actually breaks kids' arms. I've never played that game growing up. I did. Never. That shit used to fucking hurt. No, nah, we used to do other stuff like throw rocks at each other and play tag with the oncoming traffic. 
The real subway surfers. I know, right? <laughs> That's real. That's real life. Anyway. All right. So um, let's go ahead and get this bitch uh, over with. Uh, what do we got? I don't know if it wants to get over with. You keep calling it a bitch. Everything is a bitch right now. Yeah. Let's get this bitch ass recent bitch ass review out of the bitch ass way. Okay. Bitch. We're going to do this bitch ass review of the bitch ass The Gray Man. What do you know about the Sierra program? Reckless mystery man you guys send in when you can't officially send anyone else. The gray man. Lloyd. They got an urgent locate and destroy. That could be fun. The man's got some street cred. I mean, my ego's a little bruised. I should have said the bitch ass gray man. I, I think I, I, I think you hit his mark. You're, I think you're good. Whatever. The synopsis is when the CIA's most skilled operative, whose true identity is known to none, accidentally uncovers dark agency secrets. A psychopathic former. Hold on, there's a pop up. Okay. <laughs> former colleague puts a bounty on his head setting off a global manhunt by in international assassins da-da, da-da. McAfee was like walking my way <laughs> that asshole McAfee I also almost said by intentional assassins <laughs> <laughs> by intentional assassins lord knows we don't want an accidental assassin oh shit I killed you my bad can I get paid now <laughs> directed by Anthony and Joe Russo written by Christopher Marcus Joe Russo and Stephen McFeely Stars Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Anna de Armas, Billy Bob Thornton, Jessica Henwick. I'm so proud of myself. Mm. When we were watching the movie. Okay. Well, when I was watching the movie because you weren't here. Mm. The very first time I saw Billy Bob Thornton, mm. I was like, he looks familiar. I was okay. trying to figure out what I've seen him in before. Okay. And then I couldn't remember exactly. Okay. But then I remembered who he was on my own. Without looking it up. Oh, okay. Where'd you, where did you remember him from? Remember that one show I was trying to tell you about? Goliath? Him? Yeah. Okay. That one. See. I know he's I, been in other things. No, but. no, 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 no. I get it. Yeah. I mean, you have, you have ways to remember him and stuff like that. But I think it's funny how you were, you watched, you were watching this movie. You're like, I recognize him. Where is he from? It took you like a couple minutes. You're like, oh yeah, that one show. And as soon as you were like, that one show was like Goliath. <laughs> Like describe the show, I was just like life, but that, yeah. that's it. I'm assuming it's that one. <laughs> um, so okay, uh, the gray man, two hundred million dollar budget, right? So far, it makes uh, it's the most expensive Netflix original movie. Okay, um, Kelsey, do you think that was worth it? Oh man. I think that, that if they didn't spend the money on the budget, it would have mm. been an awful movie, and it wasn't mm. awful. Okay. So I would say they would have to spend that money to make it not bad. But mm. if they just didn't make the fucking movie, they would have saved $200, $200 million. So, so check <laughs> this out. So do you know why it cost $200 million? Probably for all the shooting and all the... Well, it's, it's, there's a little bit more fire and all the bullets and <laughs> all the maiming yeah there's a little bit more to it is it his mustache 
Yes, that mustache alone <laughs> fucking decimates the budget that was used for Justice League to <laughs> get rid of. Oh, I'm sorry, Don, Don, Donna Justice, I guess it is. Donna Justice to get rid of, of uh, Henry, Cavill's. Henry Cavill's mustache. Um, so... One of the, one of them one doesn't of the, matter. The, one of the, whatever. Mustache gate. Remember yeah. that. So, what happened was that, um, studios they tend to make their money back because of uh, ticket sales, mm-hmm. right, or DVD sales or whatever, right, mm-hmm. streaming sales, whatever. So this was a Netflix movie, which means it was pretty much gonna not gonna make any money. Okay. Uh-huh. So the re- one of the reasons why it cost two hundred dollars is because. $200? Oh, yeah, $200 million <laughs> is because they have to pay their uh, actors and directors and stuff like that, like a certain amount, uh, because they're not going to make anything on the back end. Okay? Right. So Ryan Gosling alone made $20 million. Wow. Chris Evans alone made $20 million. Mm-hmm. So already $40 million of this $200 million budget has been spent on just two people. Anna de Armas, $12 million. Uh-huh. <laughs> Probably twelve million dollars. <laughs> Billy women Bob never Thorne. Get paid I know, I know, right? That's that's our that's the Hollywood system. Um, so, with that being said, I feel like some of the money being taken out, it's kind of obvious. Like some of some of the special effects, in my opinion, they kind of look bad. Mm-hmm. Like particularly like that that uh, uh, I guess above ground subway or railway, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there yeah. was some issues with that for sure. That's a big action piece, but some of it looks actually kind of cheap. Um, but I will say that I did enjoy it, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to. Um, this movie is like an amalgamation of like a bunch of different action films, mm. but like those were done way better. Uh-huh. Like, for example, like the Born Identity, uh, some of the Mission Possible films, like those are like it seems like they're taking, they're biting off some of that. Um, sorry, the gray man's biting off some of that to make their own thing. And it, it kind of, I don't know. It, do, it doesn't make it as memorable as it should have been. Um, matter of fact, some of the, like some of the action set pieces, I really don't remember that much. Mm-hmm. Maybe like the railway scene, but like that's, and that's because that was the biggest one, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so and and, and uh, one a lot of things that I one of the issues I have with this movie, I'm sorry, another issue I have with this movie is like some of the directing, like for example, like the the Russo brothers they use uh, quite a few uh, drone shots, mm-hmm. and it's in a way it can be kind of disorienting. I thought it was distracting because it, they didn't even make any sense. It wasn't like. My OCD wanted the drones mm-hmm. to fly up. It's cool what they did, but then line up the shot. And it almost seems like most of the shots didn't line up right. Mm-hmm. It just looked like they just cut it. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like, you don't don't use a drone that way. Like, then who gives a fuck about the drone if you can't make it look right? Yeah, it does a lot of that. It does a lot where it's just like, just swooping into the city and spinning around. And then it just cuts to a static shot. And you're just like, whoa, it's like, like a whiplash kind of thing mm-hmm. you know and it kind of come off like for me it comes off disorienting for you it says you say it was distracting correct it was distracting and made my ocd not happy yeah so and and, and the funny thing is how you mentioned um uh, I, I i'm trying to remember exactly what you said about the russo brothers in this movie um it like <laughs> i think anthony russo anthony russo had pretty much caused 
call this one of those movies like there's this term that's used um in in hollywood in the studio system or like between directors and studios that it's called like uh one for them one for me which they essentially make like a big budget film mm. it could be mindless as fuck like they just like there's like it's gonna make a lot of money right we're gonna have an impressive cast we're gonna have action set pieces we're gonna do all this kind of stuff just so it can make money so they can go on and do other projects mm. that they really want to do um steven Sonnenberg uh did oceans 11 and he did this one movie it's i'm drawing a blank on right now another key example is this movie mm-hmm. so so that the the russo brothers can go help produce uh everything everywhere all at once Mm. And it's kind of funny because, like, you see, you kind of see it in the movie where they're just like, all right, this is what happens. Like, it's almost, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's lazy directing because it, directing is not a lazy task unless you're bad at it. But you get a sense of, like, almost soul, soullessness mm-hmm. or lifeness. Like, or, the, like, they know the routine, they know how to make things work, even if they don't feel genuine. Yeah, so yeah. So they can put a movie together better than any amateur, and it'll still be an okay movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like the Russo, so uh, the Russo brothers had did, did this interview with a Hollywood reporter. Um, Joe Russo has said uh, one thing: Steven Soderbergh taught us. He was our mentor very early on in our careers. Was one for you, one for them. You have to figure out how to make people money. Once you do, you can take some swings. Uh, the AGBO is really built off of the concept. Um, I have no idea what AGBO is. I, I've heard it referred to as Agbo. Agbo, okay. Um, but so, I still don't know what that is. <laughs> so uh, Joe Russo continues, said, we started developing The Gray Man while we were making Winter Soldier, not knowing whether we could continue working with Marvel. We did four Marvel films, which once once we came out the other side, we pulled the project out of Sony. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, like, so, so some of that movie like really feels like that. And it's funny because this... I guess it was a big enough success that <laughs> they're like, okay, cool. Like now we got a great man universe. Agbo is an independent film and television production company led by Anthony and Joe Russo. Uh, okay. 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 So yeah, so that, so that's the, I now remember that's the production company behind uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm. Um, also, you said one for one for me, one for them. Yeah. Or one for you, uh, one for them, one for you. Yeah. That just gave me a flashback. Oh, what? Feeding Kyle baby food bananas when he was a baby. Okay. Go on. And I used to take two bites for myself and one for him. Oh, okay. Uh, what? <laughs> I know it's random, but it, no, that's no, what that, it that, did. That just reminded me of the scene of The Simpsons <laughs> where a Homer had this fantasy of like, of like the world using beer to gas cars. Oh, okay. And he was like gas in the car. He was like, one for you. One for me. And he drank the beer. Two, and he goes, oh. one for you, two for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will admit there are a couple of good things about it that I did enjoy. One, I did enjoy the performance from Chris Evans. Yeah. Chris Evans. He He's was, such a good bad guy. Yeah. He was having fun as fuck with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard a comparison, his, the, the, the comparison of this role to his role in Scott Pilgrim versus the world mm-hmm. where he's just like that actor who's in an action movie. He's just like a Billy badass bad guy and shit mm-hmm. like that. So whenever like 
Chris Evans gets to like really interact or kind of like be all over the place, he like chews up the fucking scene. Mm-hmm. You know, there are times where it's to me it's kind of it seems kind of boring because he's like behind a desk or he's sitting down. He's like trying to be serious, but like whenever he's like lively and up, he's like having a ball while doing it. I feel like there was one time when he was uh, before he got hit by something. Um, there was one scene where I thought he might have done a little bit of improv, and I feel like he might be known for that too. Chris Evans. Yeah, he he has he has done some comedy in the past. Uh, not like not a lot of it, but I felt like there was mm-hmm. one thing he said, and I don't remember what it was, but there mm-hmm. was one thing he said that just seemed like that wasn't written. Oh yeah, I get you. I, get, I know the Russos, the Russo brothers have worked in comedy. Uh, one of their biggest uh, starts is working uh, on the show Community. Um, and they do, obviously they do incorporate some of their comedy or their type of comedy into like Marvel films or whatever product they do. So you can tell mm. like whatever Chris Evans came up with or whatever they worked out, they were like, all right, just go with it. Just have fun with it and stuff like that. And Chris Evans takes his time to have fun with it. Um, I think it actually works pretty well between him and, uh, what's his name? Brian Gosselin's performance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's funny. Like. Oh, I remember what he said. What was it? Is it a spoiler or? No. Okay. What was the line? He called him like, um, he called him something along the lines of like a Ken doll. Oh, he says, Tim. Oh yeah. Now, now. Yeah. I remember he says, uh, $10 million who, $10 million to anyone who puts the bullet in, in Ken doll head. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, I don't know if that was written. I think if. I because I know that I think he, that was improvised. Yeah, I think he improvised that because he knew that he already got the Ken. The Ken. Um, oh no! This movie was made a while ago. Was it? Yeah, this so, movie. But but it, it is it is it is kind of ironic or coincidentally like yeah that makes sense yeah look at him because he's look gonna know because he's gonna be in the fucking Barbie movie. Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. Maybe maybe hear me out. Maybe and he, doesn't he look good. maybe he uh, maybe Chris Evans saw Ryan Gosling and. Uh, beyond uh i think it's called beyond the pine trees because mm. he looks kind of like a he kind of looks like a a jailhouse version of a ken doll oh okay so maybe i don't know maybe he saw that and was like yeah all right i'll roll with it <laughs> um so so is there is there anything that you enjoyed f- from uh the gray man um if we're speaking about actors i really yeah. enjoyed the girl oh uh, what's her name um Anna de Armas? No, no, no. The girl, not the woman. Oh, the niece? Okay. Go yeah, on. Like, I don't know. She, the way she acted, right? In the scenes where mm-hmm. she needed to cry or she needed to be whatever, like, she came out across as a pretty strong character. Like, she wasn't, she obviously needed some help. Julia, Julia Butters, who plays Claire. I should have never told me her name. Why? Because I don't like that name butters it's butters better with butter um i just thought that she did a good job that's all Uh, i know that she didn't add a whole lot to the film yeah but she did add a little bit of a heartbeat for uh ryan gosling's character um yeah i I, but honestly i feel like that was kind of shoehorned in it was like let's give this person a reason to like do something right but it could have been bad Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i don't know i don't i feel like you probably think she was forgettable or whatever or yeah because yeah kind of because especially what happens at the end that kind of doesn't really make any sense about what what goes on and then kind of like the um the 
horrible decisions that Billy Bob Thornton characters make Billy Bob Thornton's character makes in the movie mm-hmm. as in like terms of like her protection and stuff like that which yeah. makes no fucking sense mm-hmm. um but like I like there there I there was one scene it was when the the Claire character meets Ryan Gosling's character six um at one point and like she kind of like tries to like break him out of his out of his stiffness out of his mold or something like that mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy that like that that much but other than that, I mean, I was just kind of like whatever on on her performance. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. I other things I guess I really liked were mm-hmm. just action, just dumb action. But even mm-hmm. though I didn't love it because it was some of it was kind of shaky, some of it was with the mm-hmm. drones, some of it was like too um, ping pongy. Yeah. Um. And. I think the pacing was good. The pacing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I I definitely admit, admit that this movie is like a cool not cool, maybe like a little over 2 hours long. I think it's like 2 hours and 6 minutes or something like that. But you don't feel it. Yeah, you definitely don't feel it. And by the time the movie, by the time the movie was over, I was like, "Oh, okay. All right, not bad. I'm not going to revisit it, but I'm like, all right, cool. I watched it." You know it. what's funny? Mm-hmm. Since you thought most of the movie was forgettable? Mm-hmm. It's like when people get abducted by aliens, they lose time. <laughs> so you just lost two hours but you're yeah, like where I was, am i i was what happened i was adopted by the gray man Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um i also feel that jessica henwick was really wasted in this movie yes i'm very annoyed i and also i feel like she's probably played in something else where all she did was scream um can't think of that but she she kind of reminds me of like it, it, the wasted potential reminds me a lot of the matrix resurrections mm. um which i i like i love this i think this actress is really good I, I but i feel like she's kind of getting like these and i understand what she's trying to do kind of really establish herself as maybe as a serious uh action star or some type of like nuance within her characters and stuff like that like she she was an iron fist yeah she played uh since you have it up what's what was her name i know i know her superhero name is called like the white tiger colleen wing yeah colleen wing that's like she was like the only good thing in that series yeah the only good thing in the series but like oh she's gonna be in glass onion a knives out mystery i have no idea what that is a knives out oh oh okay I i heard glass onion i'm like my brain just went, what movie's Glass Onion? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she played Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga video game. Never mind. I thought it was one of the movies. No. <laughs> oh, she was in Resurrections. That's where I remember her from. Yeah, she played, uh, she played like, she played a character. She played a music Bugs. video she short. She played Bugs. There you go. A music video short called Prius Bitch. <laughs> I just saw that. <laughs> um... But yeah, I felt like I felt like she was a waste of potential, um, and because like her character, her character is like one thing, and then her character does like this thing at the end of the movie, which is just like, all right, that's kind of fucking out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, I, I won't say I it now, but I'll get into the, in the spoilers. Um, and I think it's funny because like the writing, this is like the writing behind the people who did, uh. Winter Soldier, Captain America, Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. who's worked on, who's done Infinity War and Endgame, mm-hmm. you know, 
Endgame wasn't that much, wasn't entire, wasn't a whole lot of action, but like there was, there still had to be like some type of development with the characters and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And this movie is very just like meh. Like the story is just meh. Yeah. Like this is a thin plot. Point A to point B to point C and credits. Like that's it. <laughs> that one lady shows up in the movie. The old lady. Alfred Woodard. Yeah. Uh huh. And I'm I'm sad that she played that part. <laughs> It, you know, it's but I'm funny. also happy that it wasn't another bad woman. Yeah, because yeah, I'm she, tired of seeing her be a villain. When was the last time you saw her as a villain? Oh, uh, Luke Cage. Wasn't she in um that movie? I mean, the show that you're gonna make fun of me for forgetting the name of Luke Cage? No, the one with John Cena. Uh, oh. <laughs> That's not the same actress. <laughs> you know, Kelsey, we all don't look the same. No, you d- they don't. <laughs> You've actually met her before, Ashley Wooder. Yeah, I know, but I get her confused with the other actress. Viola, a lot. Viola Davis. Like I said, we all don't look the same. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not painting. I'm not painting Kelsey as a racist. Kelsey really. Ha- What's it called? You almost. You borderline have what face blindness. Mm-hmm. You borderline have that shit. <laughs> so if they're even similar, a mm. little bit, mm. and it could just be in how strong they are when yeah. they act. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I really wish you would like confuse my face with someone handsome. That'd be great. Someone handsome. No. No. <laughs> You're right. I'm the handsomest. <laughs> Yeah, you're um, you're the, when uh, Squidward turns super handsome. Uh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> or when Mo gets plastic surgery. Mo says like from The Simpsons, get plastic surgery and turn super handsome. I don't know like, that one. Well, I, well, not everybody has watched SpongeBob. Oh no, I'm sorry. I take the back. They've seen the movies. I think more people have watched SpongeBob than they've watched Simpsons. Mm, we'll have to debate that one. <laughs> <laughs> how old am I? Thirty-four. Yeah, I'm about to say like I don't know, Kelsey. How old are you? Okay, but Simpsons have had a break in between, haven't they? They've a break. Yeah, they've stopped airing nope. and then aired again. Nope, they've been airing continuously since like 1989. 89? Are you sure? Yep, they've never taken a break. I might be wrong. Maybe it's 1988. I think they did take a break. Nope. Mm-mm. Well, anyway, SpongeBob has been on since I've been ten. Simpsons started in first of all. 33 seasons, 728 episodes, started in 1989, and has not stopped. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, it'll stop for the summer, but has not stopped. Look, I swear. Nope. I swear. (laughs) Let me see. I swear. Just because you swear doesn't make make it so. (laughs) Never mind. Fine. Whatever. That's fine. Okay. But SpongeBob's been on forever, too. <laughs> oh, my God. I think this is your generation kind of thing. My generation? Yeah. I... Th- maybe. Because you're it, like... Well, it's not just my generation, right? I think it's your generation, but you were just a little bit too old for the show when it came out. SpongeBob? Yeah. But the type of humor mm-hmm. that's in SpongeBob mm-hmm. kind of was around in Cartoon Network too. Like it's a bit too childish, I think. You mean Nickelodeon? No. 
Oh, okay. You told me just a style of the style. The style, like oh, Dexter's oh, Lab, okay, and like you, you know, you. like that type of humor. Yeah. Um, but they, those other shows like on Cartoon Network are a little bit more adult. Mm-hmm. But some of the jokes in SpongeBob are adult, <laughs> and they're a little bit sarcastic, and I love it. Um, well, not anymore, but so SpongeBob SquarePants, nineteen ninety nine. So the ten year difference. Yeah. Now. That has a, that did not stop me from watching that cartoon. Mm. I did watch it, you know, with the copious amounts of drugs and alcohol. But whatever, I still watched it. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we're gonna we're getting way off. We're getting way off track. Um, <laughs> you just want to get into the uh, spoiler section? Yes. Okay. So, are you sure that wasn't our spoiler bumper already? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> People are like, "Fuck." Are they really talking about this? <laughs> talking about SpongeBob, really? <laughs> um, so yeah, we're gonna get into the spoiler section. We're gonna talk in great lengths about uh, the Russo, the Russo brothers, um, the Grand Man. So if you don't want to be spoiled, here's a spoiler bumper right about now. So, the... I feel like Spanish hmm. people say hola, and then Hawaiian people were like, no, we're going to say aloha, because that's almost like backwards of... <laughs> I, I'm just letting you go with this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> My brain is so fried, and now I can't. It's like when you try to draw a cursive capital S and a cursive capital I, and you get confused. Okay. And I now I can't remember how to say it in Spanish again. <laughs> oh, hola. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, Jessica Henwick. <laughs> Jessica Henwick. My issue, other than her character, character just being a waste, is that how her character is really... It, She's a stereotype. Well, not that they don't make her like a stereotype, but they really make her. I, they really like they just make her the voice of like, what the fuck are you doing? Like repeatedly, like she might as well just been saying, what the fuck are you doing to Chris Evans character? Because he's causing all this chaos and mayhem to get a hold of Ryan Gosling to get him killed or whatever. What the fuck are you doing? We're, we're going down We're we're the ship is sinking. You're fucking us all over, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of the movie, she's like, she like does this turn where she's like, uh, no, actually, you know what? Uh, Chris Evans' character, Lloyd Hansen. Was the bad guy. Is is the bad guy. Six, Ryan Gosling's character. You fought him off. The guy was crazy. And I came here to help you and clean it up. Like, it's out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I thought that all she did was yell at Chris Evans the whole time. Yeah. But I do also think she was a stereotype. Uh, how so? She's the queer woman with the short hair with a short temper. Mm, did they establish her as being She queer? looks queer. I guess so, yeah. yeah and I, I yeah, think yeah. she is I in guess, real you life. Can see that. You, you can see that. I don't, I don't know if Jessica, Jessica Henwood's uh, sexuality has ever been discussed uh, in real life or during interviews or anything like that. But I, I, can, see, I can see what you're getting at with... With this, uh, with her role, um, 
So, as yeah. Kelsey looks it up. <laughs> Sorry. Um, according to 43 visitors of gayerstraight.com. <laughs> they think she's gay. She's 58%, 58% gay. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Confirmation. Right there. Uh, it doesn't say anywhere. Yeah, it doesn't say anywhere. And, it's, and really, it's... But she does really come across as at least by yeah or they they roll her poorly like that yeah yeah i get you I get but she has like the short that haircut like mm. kind of gives it away mm. she's wearing a pantsuit and she's aggressive as fuck I she doesn't you. have any finesse or control over herself so she's just a woman or anything she's just a woman <laughs> no that's look okay misogynistic i think all me. black people look the same and you think all women <laughs> You know that women are just raging hormones, angry, just complaining, always want to get in the way. Exactly. You know, like, God damn it, make me a fucking sandwich. Yeah. Fuck. If I said that to any women in my life, they should punch me in the face. I wouldn't know you were joking because you've asked, you've done that before, uh, and I just kind of gave you the side eye and went, mm. "Yeah." I, you know, I said that once to my friend's sis, younger sister uh, as a joke. Uh-huh. She made me a sandwich. I was like, "Oh my god, sorry." <laughs> But usually you follow it up with, I've done all this stuff for you. Do Can you please make me a sandwich? Yeah, no, please. Maybe. I'm a little hungover. I started throwing up or something. <laughs> um, so there's that. Um, so okay, so some, of the, some of the fights is actually not too bad. Um, I did like, I did enjoy the fight between, the final fight between Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling's character. Mm-hmm. Where they were essentially in the middle of that maze. And how kind of like brutal and savage it was. Where they're just like really beating the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it can, some of it did get convoluted. Because they they forced this kind of like daddy issue storyline with Ryan Gosling's character. Mm-hmm. Which was like, why, why is that in this movie? <laughs> like yeah. at all, you know. So they like intercut that with like his father like drowning him and shit like that mm-hmm. and it was just like that's just sloppy as fuck mm-hmm. like i thought that was sloppy i also had a problem with how many times he was stabbed oh he was stabbed like 15 times i know and it didn't phase him at all yeah um yeah so and he and, and there was this thing there's this thing that he does in the movie where he kind of he says he just like grunts a lot and who ryan gosling ryan gosling he grunts a lot right and here's the thing, I I'm starting to I'm starting to not like him, like as in acting, hmm. because like and the funny thing is like I enjoyed him in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, let me like let me pull up some of it. Some you of loved it. him in the Notebook. I'm not gonna lie, I like I kind of like that movie, but just because how over the top stupid it is. Yeah. Um, okay, so let me let me. I'm gonna pull. Up, I'm gonna pull up That's his the list. First time I ever heard you say you like that movie for any reason. Because it's like it's dumb. It's so bad. It's so fucking cheesy. Like I want to. I'm sure there's like a drinking game for that. <laughs> I'm sure there is. Okay, so there's there's some of his performance that like it's really sort of bothered me now. Like some of his young, earlier stuff was I enjoyed. I thought was actually kind of funny or good. Like for example, Blue Valentine or Drive. Uh, however, if you you can take his character from Drive and put him in the Gray Man and just make him fight better, that's all it really is. If you think about <laughs> it, um, I enjoy him in the Place Beyond the Pines. He was whatever in Gangster Squad. Um, and so watch, I like him. I like him in Nice Guys. Um, 
for whatever problems I have with La La Land, I, I enjoy his performance in La La Land. I liked him in Blade Runner. But I'm, I don't know. Like, whenever I'm seeing him kind of like just, like just grunting and stuff like that, it reminds me of Nicholas Wonder reference Only God Forgives. Mm-hmm. And I fucking hate that movie. Mm. So that's like, that's why I'm like, there are times where Ryan Gosling is enjoyable to watch. Like how he like makes jokes with, uh, what's her name? Uh, Anna de Armas. Or oh, sorry, Anna de Armas. Um, but other than that, it's just kind of like, you could have got anybody in that fucking role. And they probably gotcha. would have done like a better job. There's one thing I'm happy about. Hmm. Anna de Armas. And she wasn't in it as much as I would have loved. Mm-hmm. However, I like the fact that she actually got the chance to play an actual part mm-hmm. as a spy or espionage type thing mm-hmm. and actually fight because she was in uh, No Time to Die. She was in No Time to Die and I'm like totally fucking wasted. Yeah. What the fuck? A lot uh, you're not the you're not the only person I've heard have said that 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 was like a waste of potential. Um, and granted, it's a James Bond movie. It's not. It's not her character's movie, but it's still, it was like we wanted more from her. Yeah. Or we wanted more of that role. So yeah, I will agree that I did enjoy watching her in this in, in this film. Some of the action with her is actually kind of ridiculous. Like the fact that like, like being slammed into the wall a million times. Well, <laughs> with not, her face. Not that, but like near the end where they're like they're stor- her and Ryan Gosling are like storming that castle, like literally storming a castle, mm-hmm. and how she just like running, rocket launcher, pew, running, rocket launcher, pew, like that. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> what. <laughs> That's not her fault. <laughs> I know that's 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 uh, that's behind the scenes fault with that. Behind the scenes fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that w- that was pretty ridiculous. Um, however, I'm very curious to see her in uh, in that movie Blonde, the Marilyn Monroe. Me too. Biopic. I was actually starting to watch a documentary the other day about Mar- Marilyn Monroe because I actually don't almost know anything about her. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's actually this really great uh, biopic called, I think it's called Norma Jean and Marilyn. And mm-hmm. it stars Ashley Judd. I think it stars Ashley Judd and Mira Sorvino. And Ashley, Judd's play, Ashley Judd plays Norma Jean and Mira Sorvino plays Marilyn Monroe. And how their personalities are like conflicted. Mm. Because you know how... How Marilyn was known was I, I don't know with you sometimes. No, I know. But how like Marilyn Monroe was really Norma Jean and all mm. plastic surgery done. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very curious to see uh, Armor uh, Anna de Armas uh, take on that role, that very iconic character or yeah. actress sorry, and person. Lose the accent enough to sound like her too. I've never seen <laughs> her without that accent. I could, you know, what? if you see the if you see the trailers, you can still kind of hear that accent. <laughs> Also, I thought I heard someone say, maybe it was you, mm-hmm. that Marilyn Monroe was like has like Latino descent. Oh, that's definitely not for me. Someone said that, but I don't know if it's true, so I gotta look it up. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. What else? What else? So, oh, okay. So, although I was, com- oh, so although I was complaining some of the complaining about some of the action, there are some good parts of the action. Like I, like I said, I did kind of enjoy. I would say I would say maybe like I would say like fifty fifty. Enjoyed the the railway railway scene, mm-hmm. um, like the whole lead up to that and everything. And like even though I think it was pretty fucking funny that 
Ryan Gosling is like handcuffed to a, a, a bench that's bolted to the ground and nobody can get a shot off of I him. I know. That was weird. <laughs> um, and then he's trying to jump off the train and it yeah. just seemed like it was taking forever. Yeah. I'm like, come yeah. on. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so I didn't mind that too much. Um, and then uh, there was a little bit of a uh, somewhat of a cool action. Oh, now I remember the airplane scene where they where when Ryan Gosling is in that giant jet, mm-hmm. the jet carrier or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. and he like has to fight those like uh what are they called? Uh those higher guns. Like mercenaries? Yeah, that thank you mercenaries. He has to fight off the mercenaries and he has like that smoke grenade. He's like hitting him with him stuff mm-hmm. like that. I thought that was pretty cool. I think that was shot really well. Yeah. Especially with the smoke coming around them and circling them. I thought that was pretty cool. Um it does start getting ri- ridiculous when like the the plane is like the walls blown off mm-hmm. and like the CGI the special effects really kick in you can see like you guys should spend a little bit more time <laughs> cleaning that shit up <laughs> but then it would have been three hundred million dollars well you know what Netflix you know they got the money <laughs> not really anymore because <laughs> they do this shit I always yeah. wondered like how the Nielsen ratings would help like certain tv shows mm-hmm. like on tv on cable make money but that doesn't seem to apply that much to like no not today's streaming modern. yeah the nielsen ratings was that, that that was very helpful when you had like 11 channels or something like that or you or like your network channels like your nbc's your abc's your fox those are like the big draws but now there's so many things to watch now um you know, you're lucky to like break two million dollars for your show, mm-hmm. if, and and that's considered a hit. If you're like, and, and as the weeks go on, if they dwindle, they break under like nine hundred thousand. You're, they, 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 it can be considered their show that's going to get canceled, even if it's a good show. <laughs> even as even if it's a good show, key, like here's a key example. I was reading this interview with Bruce Campbell about uh, Ash versus Evil Dead, mm-hmm. and. He had because that show went on for three seasons and was canceled. And he says one of the reasons why he thinks the show was canceled is um, how it was on Stars and nobody was watching Stars. Yeah, nobody's watching Stars. Yeah, and people would tell, you know, they would see Bruce Campbell like, "Oh man, I love you as Ash." Blah blah blah. And he's like, "Oh, you should check. I, I, I'm on a show. I brought. I'm, I'm the character again. You know." Mm-hmm. And then he they'll ask him like, "Where is it? Stars? What's that? You know?" And it wasn't until like. <laughs> It wasn't until that show ended up on Netflix that it got the attention that it needed. But it was already canceled. It was too late. It was yeah. Already, yeah, it was too late. <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be... I think the only thing worse than ending up on Stars is ending up on, like, Crackle. <laughs> I was just thinking Crackle. I, I, I think Crackle is still around. I, I think, think so, too. I think Crackle is still around. Um, but, I mean, like... I mean, th- this movie apparently was it was successful enough to warrant. Um, what I think it's like a let me see. I think it's a. I think they're doing a sequel. Let me see. Uh, it's either a sequel or like. Let me see. Uh, so yeah, it's a Grammy sequel. Everything we know so far. Um, got a fucking pop up that's blocking me. All right, cool. Uh, let me see. That that Russo's once again will direct the movie. Uh, yeah, so it looks like the movie's going to get a sequel. The Roosters are going to direct while Stephen McFeely, who co-wrote the original, uh, and his partner, Christopher Markets, are penning the script. Uh, so yeah, it was like 91% on Rotten Tomato. Because um, it's mindless action. Like, 
Because mm-hmm. because the Gray Man, it's a series of books. So there's obviously there's room to like I, you to know, get this thing rolling. What makes me a little bit sad about this movie is mm-hmm. I bet you it could have given um, Jack Ryan a run for its money on Amazon if it was a series. Yeah, I could. I would say that. Yeah. If maybe, like, yeah. I think it would have been a successful series, more successful than a movie. Yeah, that's true. Because they could have I, taken their time and done it right. That's very true, especially since, especially since Jack Ryan is, I think, like, the next season is, like, the last season. And then they replaced it with something just as dumb. Uh, you're talking about the fucking, uh, what's the name? The mo- that sh- one series with that big guy? I think so, but it's, like, a very similar Jack Ryan-esque type show. Mm. But I don't know. Jack Reacher. You sound about that? Maybe. Yeah, maybe because, yeah. I think that. it is Jack Reacher. Uh, yeah, and there All is... All the Jacks. <laughs> and there is a series um, uh, announced alongside the sequel as a spinoff movie, too. However, not much is known about the spinoff at the time. Uh, a spinoff film written by acclaimed screenwriters Paul Wernwick and Rhett Reese of Deadpool and Zombieland is set to explore the different elements, elements of the Grey Man universe. So... There's a gray man universe. Like Netflix, they 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 need a hit. They need a hit. They need a reason for subscribers to stick around because people are fucking leaving. Yeah, and then they're gonna add ads. Yeah, if you got an Xbox, uh, they have that lower tier to add for to put ads on it. So <laughs> I have Hulu. I have a low tier that uh, gives me ads. Mm-hmm. I, I I went through it to get through Snowfall. Now I'm kind of like. Mm. I may, I may need to bump up that tier because <laughs> them ads are killing me now. I don't really care that much. Uh, I have a lot of time. I have a lot of things to watch. A lot of things to catch up on. Yeah, none of them are the things that I tell you you should. I want to finish the resort. But Peacock is a little bitch. Yeah, Peacock's a little bitch. And I don't feel like paying for another streaming service. You know anybody with a Peacock uh, service? <laughs> with a Peacock? With a Peacock? <laughs> I think Mom or Kyle. Give me their info, bro. Well, I don't even have it. You're fucking up, bro. <laughs> um, so all in all, it's 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 dumb action. If you like dumb action, check it out. If not, I mean, it's really it's really turn your brain off kind of thing. Yeah, like don't worry about how many times you get stabbed. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Okay. So what do we got next? Next, we're gonna do our variety time. <laughs> went to the last segment by accident <laughs> are you talking about uh sorry are you talking about um <laughs> geriatric cinema because yeah. <laughs> they're so close together no i'm uh we got to get through it because i'm I, I i would like to bore you to death you want to bore me to death yes. about heat's coffee scene heat's coffee scene no you know we are taking a look at in a book? I, fuck, I, I know I fucking walked into that one, too. <laughs> <sighs> so we're going to be reviewing 1985's Heat. In 1995's? A little, yeah, 1995's Heat in a little bit. Um, but I wanted to talk about one of the most iconic scenes, essentially, in film history. Oh, we could do iconic or ironic real quick with this one, too. Mm, oh, we can, we can, yeah. we can. But let's let's not do it on this. Let's do it on the bank heist scene. 
Okay. Okay. Um, so I remember. So I remember when he came out. One of the the biggest draws. I actually, I, actually, I think it was the biggest draw of the movie was that you have a movie with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro together. Mm-hmm. Right now, there has been another case where they've been in the same movie together, which was Godfather Part Two, but their characters were in uh, different time settings, so they never interacted. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, the actors never interacted. Um, but in Heat, one of the biggest scenes in the movie is not the bank heist scene. It's not anything done by Val Kilmer or, or anything else. It is a simple coffee scene mm-hmm. between these two iconic actors. So I found this really great article on Vanity Fair. Oh, and, I, and another reason why I want to talk about this is when the movie first came out, I had heard rumors that the two never even did the scene together because the way it was shot. Mm-hmm. People just assume, and like I, I, I saw videos or some. It was something I saw. They were like breaking down, and this was before like the age of YouTube. It was like something I saw. Like, um, I think it was like, uh, do you remember like TV Guy channel? Yeah. Where it was like the stuff would scroll down or yeah. something like that, show you what's premiere or what's on the these channels. They would have like little segments, and one of the segments was like about how it's possible that they never showed the scene together. And the guy broke down the video, right? Mm. And I was like. That kind of makes sense, but at the same time, I'm like, why? But, but why? <laughs> why? You know. Also, they share that scene at the end. Well, see, that's the thing. You don't really see them in that scene. I mean, you see like the back of their head. You see one back of the head, one in the front of the head. You never see like a. But also, a, why wouldn't they have them together? Exactly right, it, and, and it's not like it's not like the director was like some first year out of out of film school director. This was Michael Mann. You know, mm-hmm. um, he's the man. He's the man. Uh, <laughs> With two ends. I know, right? That's how much of a, that's how much of a man he is. Mm. Um, so I found, obviously, it's, it's been, that theory has been thrown out the fucking window. Mm. Uh, but I found this really great article on Vanity Fair called Heat's Al Pacino, Robert De Niro Coffee Scene Only Gets Better With Age. And it's written by Johanna uh, Desta. And it came, this article came out uh, this year of June. Um, so I'm going to read. like a couple, like last month, two months, <laughs> a month ago, two months ago? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read a f- few lines or a few excerpts from this article. Uh, so it starts, uh, it was north of 1 a.m. in Beverly Hills. That's late to do a scene. Uh, two actors were sitting at a table at a restaurant called Kate uh, Matalini, an industry hotspot just a few blocks away from, from the Academy headquarters. Uh, it's funny because I, I think I read this to you. Oh, no, I didn't read the scene, but I was reading, like, where the diner was at. Mm-hmm. And automatically, you and I were like, well, where's that place so we can find out? And unfortunately, it's oh, like... Oh, yeah, you weren't reading it. I was just like, we were watching the movie, and I was like, where is that? Yeah, yeah. And, and unfortunately, like, that, that diner is no longer in service. It closed in 2014. Um, but if it was there, if it was still there... You, you know we'd be yeah, going we'd be to there. that shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the article continues. Uh, there were three cameras pointing at them. Two over the shoulder and one in profile. It wasn't a, it wasn't uncommon for Michael Mann to shoot his film like this, bringing multiple uh, cameras to capture an actor's every move. But this time, having three angles are particularly essential. This time, the movie was heat, and the actors were Al Pacino and Robert De Niro sharing the screen together for the very first time. In just a few minutes, the they would make film history. <clears throat> the scene became the centerpiece of Heat. Mann's uh meticulous crafted 1995 crime drama about a detective who chases an elusive criminal all over los angeles lieutenant vincent hannah 
played by Pacino, based on the real detective Chuck Ad- uh, Adamson, is a coked-up cop who lives for the hunt, close for the close on the heels of Neil. Uh, Macaulay. Macaulay, played by De Niro, a cool career criminal who raises uh, theft into an art form, which is very true. We'll we'll get further into that. In, in I the, can't imagine his name being like an Irish last name. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know, right? This uh, Italian-looking guy has an Irish last name. Sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, the film "A Rich Portrait of These Two Men" is is the cinematic rendering of a true story man had been obsessed with for years. Um, so the article goes a little bit further in. It says, but even within this newly expanded universe, there's a single moment that has, will always define heat. The coffee shop between Macaulay and, and Hannah acted to perfection by De Niro and Pacino. For the first time in their storied careers, the two heavyweights would finally act opposite one another nearly two decades after Godfather Part Two, which, you know, like I said, they um, both started in, but didn't share a scene. Um, so already, like... Like I mean, this is this is a, a, a retrospective of the scene, but I'm sure at that time, somebody on set was like, "Holy fuck, are we really gonna do this? Mm-hmm. Like, we're really gonna get these two people like together, you know?" Um, so in the scene, uh, Hannah asks uh, Macaulay to coffee. Macaulay agrees. They sit down at, at a busy restaurant, each using the meeting as a chance to uh, psychoanalyze the other. They, they swap ideologies uh, from the movie. Don't let yourself get caught. Uh, don't let yourself get attached to anything you are not willing to walk on in 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat around the corner. Um, Macaulay says, repeating the credo that's kept him alive. Um, both men were in dark suits, their hair slicked back, arms gently outstretched on the table. They married each other. The scene ends with their with the pair exchanging deadly vows, pledging to kill the other in, in the outside world if the moment comes. Which... It's it's funny because like within heat you're getting this tension, this build up. They're gonna like they're eventually gonna like meet each other. And it's, it might be this epic thing, you know, if it's your first time watching heat. But when they first meet, it's like calm, it's cool, it's at a diner, and they're like having like these deep philosophical discussions and revealing bits and bits about themselves to one another. Mm-hmm. These two people who do not know each other, but know that they're going to have to kill one another. They also have a mutual respect for each other. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's plenty of respect there. Um, so the article article continues. Man only uses over-the-shoulder shots in the final film, resting the action on both men's faces and in the potent way they delivered their dialogue. And I think this is where, obviously, this is where the myth starts. Um, you only get over-the-shoulder shots. There there are plenty of examples of, of uh, actors and actresses um, seamlessly interacting with one another, but they never shot a scene together because scheduling issues or something didn't work out. So they use like a stand-in. That makes me think of um, soap operas. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, just off the top of my head, uh, 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 an example is the end of Thor, uh, the first Thor movie, where Chris Hemsworth's character comes back to Earth and he... Uh, sees Natalie Portman's character, Jane Foster, and he like, she like comes up. I think he comes up to her, she comes up to him, and they kiss. You know, and you think that's Natalie Portman. That wasn't Natalie Portman. That was Chris Hemsworth's wife. Oh. Because she was, I think she was like filming something else or something like that. But this is kind of give you an idea. It gives you that illusion. Um, so then, uh, so then, uh, the article continues. This kind of staging is simple, but, but revealing. It stops 
it stops bad actors at the door. It heightens the attention. Um, if, the, if De Niro's right foot sitting in that chair slid backward by so much as an inch or his shoulder dropped by just a little, I knew Al would be reading that, man told the, the DGA, the Directors Guild of America, in an interview. Uh, they'd be scanning each other like an MRI. So right there, it's like precision. Mm-hmm. Just like you can, like, you, could, you can super analyze that fucking scene. You can make a class about that fucking scene, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there probably is a class about that. I scene. know, right? I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like part of some. Like a master class. <laughs> yeah, or like, so, or like some teacher's like film study curriculum or some shit like mm-hmm. that, you know? Um, the, make, the meeting quickly shifts into something more intimate. Hannah and Macaulay. How do you say how you say his name? Macaulay. Macaulay. Macaulay shared details about their difficult lives, then swapped dreams. In the director's commentary, Mann says that the dream exchange is his favorite part of the scene, featuring both characters at their most intimate. When Hannah sleeps, he has the same recurring vision of the bloody, ballooning murder victim he couldn't save sitting around a table with black eyes and nothing nothing to say. The room the room uh heavy with guilt. Their only purpose now is to remind him to try to try harder for uh try harder for the living macaulay dreams of drowning a massive uh, manifestation of his fear that he's running out of time that death is around the corner um and the article goes further down there's a temptation to pounce and and many have on the symbolism of the coffee shop scene and the rarity of pacino and de niro acting together two parallel stars whose careers both represent a propulsive off, uh, off imitated acting style in an era of auteur rich filmmaking. There are a handful of actors who still work in that in this mode. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is one of them, as you know, the, the baton was passed to him from De Niro as becoming Martin Scorsese's muse, uh, or Adam Driver, for as another example. Uh, but the careers could not exist without uh, comparison, comprehension, I'm sorry, comparison to Pacino and De Niro, titans of the craft. Uh, Heat is a time capsule of many things, not least the kind of glossy adult big budget office, uh, big budget box office hit whose success feels impossible to replicate in today's theatrical era. I think that makes complete sense. Like a film like this, I don't think it would do well at the box office because, especially in today's cinema world, because it's so inundated with mm. franchises and tent poles and what's the next Marvel movie, DC, what's the next comic book, what's the next IP property, or what's the next IP film. And this that's one's make too mo- dialogue heavy. Too dialogue heavy. It's completely rated R. It has like, I, I remember I saw this. I didn't see this in theaters. I had to see it on VHS. Yeah, yeah. I think like my brother rented it or something like that. But like it, even at an early age, I was like, holy shit, I totally get this. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Um Heat would, however, have a surprise influence in this space. Christopher Nolan, a Heat superfan, drew heavily from the film while making 2008's The Dark Knight, opening the door to a new wave of bold, gritty movies in the superhero genre. With that line, I can definitely see it. I wonder if Christopher Nolan is part of the reason why WB went down the path they did with DC. From what I heard, yes. Which sucks, because that movie was good, and then they just kind of bastardized it. Yeah, from what what I've analyzed, and from what a lot of people in film criticism and Hollywood, stuff like that, they're like, yeah, like, Christopher Nolan Batman films, which brought brought Batman to a more gritty, realistic role, they're like, all right, WB's like, all right, let's go ahead and take that, not learn from it, but just go ahead and use it. You know, because we'll make money, right? Speaking of which, you hear about Batgirl? No. All right, quick sidestep. 
WB's been working on this movie, Batgirl. Okay. Uh, Brendan Fraser is in it as the villain Firefly. Michael Keane was is supposed to show up as Batman. Uh, the actress from West Side Story, the lead actress, I forgot what her name is. She is uh, Barbara Gordon. Mm-hmm. J.K. Simmons is back as 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 Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. The director's behind Bad Boys for Life. Mm-hmm. Very successful action film. Movie was made, $90 million. Now it's been... <laughs> It's been confirmed by multiple sites that they are showing that entire fucking movie. Really? It's done. It's ready to go out, but they are throwing it in the fucking trash. And a lot of people are speculating, well, one, how is that movie getting put on shelves? Yet we're still getting the Flash movie. Mm. And another thing that a lot of people are bothered by this is because the lead actress is, is, um, is a Latina. She's Latinx. Uh, I think the supporting role is by a transgender actor. Um, the two actors, uh, the, I'm sorry, not actors. Um, let me see. This is a name. Let me find the names real quick. Uh, Bad Boys for Light directors, Peter Craig and Joe. Oh, no, stop. <laughs> Wrong people. Sorry. Um, I want to find the, the, the directors behind Batgirl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for my my opportunity to tell you why I think they actually did it. Uh, Adele L. R. B. and Bella Fahala. These are two Arabic directors. Mm-hmm. And they're shelving this fucking movie. A lot of people are nice. speculating like, oh, like if it was a little flash, you know, we would st- they was it was still like how do you not release that movie? Yeah, anyways, even if it is bad. I mean, hello, cats exist. Exactly. Exact. Morbius came out. <laughs> Morbius. Reminds me of that thing I sent you. What, what, you, what, what thing you sent me? <laughs> it was like, Morbius was a movie that came oh, out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, Morbius was the movie that came it, out. Oh, yeah. It's CGI was animated. <laughs> <laughs> it was a movie of all time. <laughs> of all time. Um, sorry, but that's like. That was a nice little detour. So back to the article. Um, wait, wait, wait. I know oh, why. I oh, know. oh, why? Why? Because the only Batgirl that could ever exist is Leia. My daughter. That's so adorable. Mm-hmm. I, I could picture her like. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Her, her, head, would get too, her. her head would get too big if someone offered her that role. She'd be having so much fun. I know, right? Okay, so back to the article. As the film's uh, legacy has grown, Man, De Niro, and Pacino have resisted the, t- the temptation to shroud the scene in mystery. They speak about it as old friends do as a good and special thing they were lucky, uh, lucky to make. When opportunities arise to bolster the legend, they sidestep. Man, for example, opted in- instead, of, instead to highlight a scene from uh, Heat's epic shootout when asked to participate in the filmmaking series of One Perfect Shot. Um... Which is funny. The One Perfect Shot is this uh, docuseries that I believe is on HBO Max now. And they talk about like a particular shot. They break it down, analyze it, and stuff like that. And you would figure my, uh, <laughs> Michael Mann would be like, yeah, let's talk about that coffee scene. He's like, no, no, we're going to talk about the, the <laughs> we're going to talk about the, uh, the big shootout at the end instead. 
<laughs> Which I said, I'm like, yeah, dude, do what you want, man. Uh, so at a 25th, uh, 20th anniversary screening of the film in 2015 held by the Motion Picture Academy, uh, all three, De Niro, Pacino, and Mann, uh, shrugged their way through questions moderated by the nice host, which was Christopher Nolan. There, De Niro remembered the scene as a jolly headache. He said, we started late, so I was a little, un- I was a little unhappy. Uh, still, while still ribbing, oh, sorry, while ribbing man after all these years. But anyway, we did it and it was fine. Uh, Pacino, for his part, claimed he never knew, he never knew if they got it right. Um, Pacino says, quote, uh, I like to do it again, actually. He quipped. Uh, he has since acted alongside De Niro in The Righteous Kill, which is a really bad movie. And The Irishman, that was... Uh, directed by Martin Scorsese. Mm. So they, you know, they did do that. They did pair up together again, obviously, later on. Uh, I remember there was a big hype about that, that De Niro and Pacino were going to be acting together. Mm. Uh, saw that movie, close to four hours, didn't need to be that long. <laughs> I didn't watch it. <laughs> I, I I watched it, but I had, to, I had to take breaks. I was like, I'll come back to this tomorrow. Intermission. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's the famous, uh, that's the famous coffee scene in, in, and uh, Heat, 1995's Heat. Was the coffee hot? Kelsey, the movie's called Heat. Yes, <laughs> it was hot. <laughs> and now we are going to do our geriatric cinematic of... Michael Mann's Heat. He's here. I can feel it. You search for the scent of your prey, and then you hunt them down. That's the only thing you're committed to. That keeps me sharp, on the edge, where I gotta be. You want to be making moves on the street, allow nothing to be in your life that you cannot walk out on in 30 seconds flat if you spot the heat around the corner. My life's a disaster zone because I spend all my time chasing guys like you around the block. I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best, trying to stop guys like me. You've been walking through our life dead. All I am is what I'm going after. You have to do that again, but for the microphones, for the people oh. listening. <laughs> Mom. So this was this was my uh, my music for heat. Ta-da. <laughs> the synopsis is a group of high-end professional thieves start to feel the heat from the LAPD when they unknowingly leave a clue at their latest heist. Directed and written by Michael Mann, it stars Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer, I also want to mention Ashley Judd is in this movie and Amy Brenneman, which is really important to me for some reason. I have no fucking clue you, why. Like, I'm like a, judging Amy. I used to exactly. watch that show. It's like, you're like, what? It's like what? credits are rolling. I mean, at the opening credits are rolling. You see Amy Brenneman. And I'm just like, who? I'm sorry. And she's like judging Amy. I'm like, <laughs> I knew something you didn't know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? As I'm both, as I was boasting earlier, like, oh, Billy Bob Thornton, Goliath. I know that one. I know that one. <laughs> uh, 
um so anyway 1995's heat um you know as 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 i said earlier in our variety time segment i was just talking about this movie and everything i remember watching this movie multiple times as a teenager young adult uh and just fucking like and this movie is like over three hours long right and i was so excited to like show this movie to Kelsey. I was like, you gotta watch this movie. Like, I, I think I think it's on the list. I think it's on that list that that seems to continuously grow mm-hmm. as like movies that Kelsey needs to watch. It's it, it's my version of a thousand and one movies Kelsey needs to watch before she dies. <laughs> or me. Whatever. Whoever goes first. Mm-hmm. Um so I love this movie. But as usual, no one gives a shit about what I think. What's more importantly is uh what does Kelsey think about 1995's Heat? It was Hot. It was hot. <laughs> you want to see how many puns we can try to get in, get in this segment? <laughs> um, I liked this movie. Also, the synopsis mm-hmm. is stupid because nobody's feeling the heat from the LAPD. They're cool as fuck dealing with that shit. No, but I mean like in real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're feeling the heat from the LAPD if you're just driving down the fucking street and are a minority. Heat. It's just like laser pointers. <laughs> Seriously. Like, like dangerous ones. Yeah, bullets flying. Yeah. Um, so what, what did you like about this movie? Um, I liked Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. Uh, Val Kilmer always looks kind of strange to me. I don't know. Like just I, in I general? or Yeah, pretty much in general. I think mm-hmm. it's the shape of his mouth and how small his eyes are. Okay, I can see and that. And then he had long hair. Yeah. Um, and it's like any of those things would look good on anybody else, mm-hmm. but you put them all together and you get Val Kilmer. <laughs> yeah, he look, like, his character looks rough in this yeah. movie. And I, and I think that's on, that's on purpose. He clearly has a gambling issue, or his character has a gambling issue with this movie. He has issues with his um, the mother of his child who's played by Ashley Judd. Um and it's funny because like he looks rough for most of the movie, but when after he gets shot and cuts his hair, mm. he looks fine. He yeah. looks he looks a little sick, but he looks fine. <laughs> um, also that one guy who played with the mullet. Oh, that piece of shit! I don't even know what that actor's name. But I recognize him from somewhere, and he, I think he's a good actor. You know what? He actually kind of looks like it's so funny. Um, he looks like ted levine uh ted levine is the guy levine t- sorry yeah ted levine ted levine is is one of the detectives that's on uh al pacino's side he's he's the one who gets shot and dies like mm. during the big big heist scene um that dude that's kevin kevin uh gage um who has been in such movies as gi jane con air oh he played billy bob okay all right i remember his character now um <laughs> What else has he done? Let me see. I'm trying. I'm trying to see maybe something. Con Air. He was in Con Air. Yeah, Billy Bob. Oh. Yeah, that's what I said. No, Billy Joe. Oh, sorry, yeah, Billy Joe. My stank. Um, oh, damn. Look at it. Wow. Sons of Anarchy. He was in one episode. No, he was in Firefly. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Knock around guys. Okay. Okay. He was in Blow. I do mm-hmm. not remember him in that movie. Oh, he was in Smallville <laughs> for an episode. I know. Oh, he was in Reading. We're like just naming all his like stuff. <laughs> point, point blank. Um, okay, so <laughs> what, what else did you like? 
he had a weird fucking name too. Wayne Grow. Yeah, what Wayne the Grow. fuck is that? Yeah. Yeah, just, I think that I from from what I read, that's actually based off an actual person. No, I take that back. I'm so sorry. What I remember is that this dude actually went to jail. The actor. Oh. And when he went to jail, they referred to him as Wangro. Oh. Yeah. But it's still fucking weird. It is weird. Anyway, <laughs> other than Robert De Niro, who else did you enjoy? Uh, I said Al Pacino too. Al Pacino and okay. Ashley Judd and Amy Burnerman. So what? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so what, what about what about any of the performances that that uh, that you enjoyed? Um, okay, I always like Robert De Niro because he's always like cool as ice. Mm-hmm. You almost feel like you're you're like if you were with him in real life, like in that situation, and he really was his character, mm-hmm. you'd be safe. Okay, I can like, see that. Al Pacino makes me feel like I have like a fifty fifty chance of living or dying. Yeah, because you- he's always fucking like coked out or something yeah all of his characters well yeah kind of yeah kind of even (laughs) if he's not coked out he acts like he is i mean there are some movies where he's not so coked out um the godfather movies well one and two fuck i'm thinking of his movies i'm like holy shit (laughs) i was even trying to think of like serpico no cruising no (laughs) instead of a woman no (laughs) (laughs) he was in um scarface right yeah, yeah, Scarface, aka Coke. That's all it is. I, I know. Cocaine. <laughs> but like, he was fucking crazy. Yeah, but it's it's funny because I think at the time of this, when the time of this movie came out, you know, people were used to his performance and how he was acting. So when him doing this, we're just like, oh, he's just doing Al Pacino. Mm. You know, he's just doing Al Pacino. He's just doing Al Pacino. But like, but like, you know, Kelsey, you, you know, you didn't really grow up with Al Pacino films as part of as part of your uh, film knowledge or anything like that, but would you say that his performance like took you out of the movie or, or did it like add anything to it? Like, or was it, I think it kind of took me out a little bit, not, okay. not too much. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think it's possible to have a shitty cop career mm-hmm. and not lose your shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like to have a bad career and lose your marriage, but not like, I don't know, have the world burning around you. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like his world is always burning. Well, yeah, like, um, like for example, like that's the 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 uh, coffee scene between him and Robert De Niro when they're talking about their dreams and how, um, you know, as, as I mentioned in our variety time segment, how the characters has these dreams where he sees the bodies of people he couldn't save and stuff like that. So it it really gets into the psychology of like how this character is like always on edge. This character always has to be like as, as his character says, he always has to be sharp. Look. I have an analogy for you. Okay. So, I get all of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. But I feel like people wear the weight of the world on their shoulders differently. And I don't mm-hmm. feel weight coming from him. Mm, I okay. feel you when you've got too much shit going on coming from him. When you get all fucking manic and you can't stop. Oh, there you go. That's him. <laughs> I mean, his, his his character does come off like that. It's it's funny because, like how you said, he's his uh, Al Pacino's character seems like he's coked out of his head or he's coked out or something like mm-hmm. that. There is a, a deleted scene of Pacino doing coke, which is why he's so ah, like all over the place. But uh, for reasons unknown to me, Michael Mann was like, "I'm just gonna take that out, yeah, and just have him just go like that." <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, other than that, I mm-hmm. liked, um, honestly, 
I like seeing Amy Brenneman, but I actually didn't really care for her character. I didn't really, really think she had any reason whatsoever to mm. be in the film except as a plot device. I, d- I can definitely see that. Um, yeah, it, it's And funny. she always had a dumbfounded look on her face, too. Like, huh? Yeah, like, her, her character is supposed to be... It's supposed to test that that uh, that level of thought that uh, Robert De Niro's character has, where like you know you better be, pretty much like better be ready to drop a, drop anything in thirty seconds flat, you know if you feel the heat coming, you know you know. Of, of, obviously, I'm paraphrasing it, mm-hmm. but like I know she's there. Her character's there to like to challenge that, mm-hmm. but like I feel like the the, the dynamic between the two was not really fully established. No, like it started off really great mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden she's like, "Oh, you're a killer. I'm not down with that." Yeah. And they had this weird scene where he was telling her she could go and then she didn't go and then he told her again she could go, but then she tried to get away, but then she was like, "You know what I mean?" like Yeah, yeah. And then and then they're in the car and she's like, "Okay, I'm cool with it. Whatever." Yeah, like I I felt more of a connection between um between Robert, not Robert De Niro, um, between Al Pacino, Al Pacino's character and Diane uh, Fonora, Venora, Venora, yeah, Venora's character, like the fact, but for the like the fact that their marriage is falling apart, that he's like so closed off from her and stuff, and like they that. love each other, but she just can't go on like that anymore. And yeah, he's, his first love is being a cop. Yeah, his, his, he's he's always out for the hunt that he has to he has had to keep going. Um, what did you think of? Because I because I didn't mention this before we were watching it, but what did you think of Natalie Portman, Natalie Portman's uh, performance in this movie? I like I like it. Mm-hmm. I thought she was pretty good. I thought it was mm-hmm. a weird thing where she all of a sudden was in a bathtub with her like wrist slit. Yeah, yeah, that like, didn't make I, any sense to me. Yeah, I mean they 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 explain it like later when she's in the hospital, but like I feel like there was enough build up to be like how much she's how much she they. How many issues like that? She's she has issues. She has she's a, a a person who probably has some type of mental health issue going on. She mm-hmm. obviously has daddy issues because her dad's never fucking there, mm-hmm. um, and how that can affect uh, uh, a kid during their adolescence mm-hmm. and how that affects her. And I feel like maybe like another even though this movie's three hours long, maybe like one scene, one more scene to kind of establish that. Like all right, all right, we got it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. One thing I one thing I didn't I didn't realize until until we had watched this movie is like there's a lot of plots going like a lot of different plots going on. Yeah. Like there's a thing with De Niro and Pacino and then De Niro and then Val Kilmer and then Val Kilmer and Ashley Judd and then Pacino and <laughs> Venora and then like with Natalie Portman and then like they introduce Andre Brower and his issues. Like they like Oh, and then, and then like the De Niro and like John Voight's character, and like, then the Wayne Grove character. Yeah, the Wayne Grove. Like, there's all this. Sh- oh, and then there's the stuff that goes on with De Niro's crew and like the 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 people that they ripped off and stuff like that. Like, there's all this shit mm-hmm. going on. Yep. Um, and then Ashley Judd and the FBI. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. Like, all right, let's add that in there too. <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's for me. It doesn't really decrease the movie a whole lot. But I was just like. Wow, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Like this whole. And that's thing. why they couldn't put anything else in it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Exactly. And the funny thing is, like in a three-hour movie, there's a whole lot going on. Like you could have cut off a couple of those like parts, mm-hmm. and then just, like just had it. You know, like the like the part with the Andre Brower character. I feel like 
his character, him and his character were only brought on just so you could care that the driver gets killed during the bake heist scene. I know. And it's like, we didn't need to care about that. Yeah. Like it would have been like, maybe like it probably been better if you had like established that character earlier on and his connection with Robert, Robert De Niro, because the only thing we know about them is like, they did prison time together mm. and like, that's it. And De Niro's character shows up and he's like, Hey, I have a job for you, but you have to go like right now. And I understand that Andre Brown's character is like, he's, he's working a shitty job, part of his probation, everything like that. Mm. But like, there's no history that's established beforehand to be like, oh, this is why he would take the job. And also, like, just because we did time together doesn't mean I trust you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there's nothing even like, oh yeah, you like you held my back or you had you had my back while we were doing something. nothing like that. Just mm-hmm. like, hey, we we did time with him. Let me go ask him. Boom, we're good. Yeah. Um, you want a funny story? Yeah. I've been told this, and. I kind of want to visit, revisit it, but I don't know if I should. Do you look like Amy Brenneman? Do I look like Amy Brenneman? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, now, as I'm saying about the dude, Andre Brown's character, um, dying, I'm going to talk on the other I'm going to talk from the other side of my mouth as well. The first time I saw that, it, it bothered me. And here's why. Um, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm saying Andre Brower. It's not Andre Brower. Excuse me. It's Dennis uh, Hasbert. Dennis Hasbert is the character I'm referring to. I don't know why I keep saying Andre Brower. Uh, yeah, Dennis Hasbert. Or Haysbert. Dennis Haysbert. Um, so this is why it bothered me the first time I saw it as a teenager. Um, I have a cousin. He, his, he's done some... He did some bad stuff growing up. Okay? He's, he's doing fine now. He has a, he has a great 9-to-5 job. He has a home. Uh wife kids and everything he do, he's doing great he did time but he did time because he was a getaway driver for like one or two bank heists <laughs> <laughs> so seeing that i'm like <gasps> you know what i there's a flip side for me too mm-hmm. that they chose to show the side of someone who gets out of jail and how shitty that life can be like the system isn't built to rehabilitate people it's actually built to keep them down yeah i get that i get that yeah it, it just I like that, but it just didn't have a place in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And this movie this has already a lot of things going on. Yeah. Um Okay, so you wanna do iconic or ironic? Yeah. Alright. So for our show for this episode of Iconic or Ironic, we're gonna talk about the famous uh bank heist scene. Now uh, of course, this is this is leading up to the third act. It, it, I just remember after that bank heist scene, there's still like 45 minutes <laughs> of the movie. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a scene that has been. Um, I imagine it's been replicated in other pieces of cinema. Nothing that really comes to mind, but it's so iconic because of how everything is like leading up to this moment when they're going to rob this bank they rob the bank it goes smoothly even the music's playing like oh they here they might be getting away they might be getting away and then music cuts off and then gun battle boom 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 right mm-hmm. they used um they had used not live rounds they used blanks um is that that's not like that's not considered a live round is it i'm asking you as a, as a military a person who's fired these type of weapons no but you need um 
they put a block on the end of the muzzle mm-hmm. to prevent it's a flash suppressor mm-hmm. or whatever but also if you remember what happened on the set of rust and all oh, of the yeah. stuff that they were talking about yeah that it's still dangerous to use blanks because yeah. there's still powder in them mm-hmm. and you know anything could go wrong and they still shoot out particles okay so um that's that's one of the things that makes this that scene so memorable is like they're firing these guns and they're they're really firing these fucking guns with these blanks i had read that what michael mann did is that instead of just dubbing the sound he just put mics all around it Mm -hmm. to amplify that sound and really adds that effect to it um i also want to mention that that area kelsey and i are very familiar with that area it's like the it's the free it's the entry to like the 110 freeway going south (laughs) it's funny because that's right where the company that i'm trying to get back to oh yeah you told me that you pointed that you're like like, oh that's that one building i was like 515 south flower street yeah i was like (laughs) all right (laughs) um so oh yeah and the bridge we saw a guy who was trying to jump off that bridge one time oh really yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and uh, I'm, I'm gonna tell this little. It's a, it's a it's a it's not really a story. It's it's this joke that uh, comedian Dane Cook had said that every man. This he said this joke years ago. He says every man once in their life wants to be involved in a bank heist and wants to do it like heat, where they're just like going to the streets, just blah blah blah. It's like shooting left and right stuff like mm-hmm. that. Unfortunately, that was really done during the North Hollywood shootout. But you know, which but I still I think it's kind of funny because I'm like. Yeah, it's kind of badass. Like, go out like that and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, some people consider this scene iconic. Uh, Kelsey, what do you think? Is it iconic or ironic? I'm on the fence. Okay. I think that the the gun action and all the sounds make it iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's drawn out a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. I think them coming out of the bank one by one mm-hmm. is stupid. What? Okay, so because it just it? takes them too long. Like they're not all mm. hustling to get into this car. Like yeah, um, I think that, to me, I think that makes kind of sen- that makes sense because you don't want the people who aren't inside the bank. They don't want to make a scene of like, oh, there's four guys are running out of the building. Or it, it causes too much attention if you see three guys running as opposed to just one guy like walking. Yeah, but they already like they already know the cops are going to be called. and They only have three minutes. No, that's the thing. They they knew that they knew they had three minutes, but they, but clearly it wasn't three minutes. They were there faster. They just didn't know that the jig was up. Yeah, but I'm saying mm. like if you only have three minutes, like you know somebody's going to do something. It doesn't yeah. matter. So you want to be within that three minutes. It yeah, doesn't yeah. matter how you leave the building because clearly the bank was robbed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. and they had a way of getting away. Yeah. Um, there was that. The other thing I actually liked was how they got the money with the bags. Yeah. I was impressed by that. What did did you say? And and I'm going to set this up. It's the scene where Val Kilmer gets, uh, he pulls out this big duffel bag and he throws it and like, like cups it or something like cups, like this huge pile of money. Yeah. The the, the money is stacked Mm. and he puts the bag over this big block, like not a cube, but it's more like a rectangle. Yeah. Of money, and then it just flips the bag over. Now, what did you say? I don't remember. You said, "Well, that's efficient." Oh, did I? <laughs> you said that I was like, "Yeah, yeah," <laughs> and it makes complete sense. Yeah. <laughs> so that made my OCD happy. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, so it's iconic because it was efficient. <laughs> 
<laughs> because of the gun battle. Uh-huh. But I just didn't. I thought it was dumb how they were all coming out of that building one by one. Like you're mm-hmm. not clearly. You have attention on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It I doesn't matter. Like just okay. fucking come out of the building already and get in the fucking car. Okay, so pa- past past like them getting out of the car. What do you think? Do you still think it's iconic or ironic? Um, like when they're when they're doing the gun battle, like between the cops, where they're like doing that, they're they're doing the 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 suppressive fire, the military kind of like boom 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 go like that, like mm-hmm. swooshing positions and stuff. No, like that. that that was definitely familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like clearing houses to me. Yeah, from or what? like felt like we actually train that in the military where you have like. A car that looks like it's all been exploded or something Mm -hmm. or been shot up and like different walls that look like they belong in like the Middle East or something. Yeah. Um, And you have to like leapfrog basically, but like, you know, on your each side of that corridor Mm -hmm. and like try and get to the target. So uh, in in June of 2002, the scene involving the shootout after the bank robbery was shown to you. Uh, United States Marine recruits at MCRD San Diego as an example of the proper way to retreat while under fire. Um, I also saw somewhere. Let me see. If I'm just trying to find it. <laughs> uh, so apparently, I'm like this, and it's not the only thing. I think I've seen somewhere that uh, maybe the LAPD or certain police police task force are like they use that as like training. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's how you do it. You go this, this, you, you do this way and that way. It's um, funny you said Marine Corps video and I was thinking of a different video. <laughs> what video were you thinking about? There's a training video that they gave Cisco or whatever when he was in the military uh. and they still joke about it and they're like, oh yeah, steak some beer because they're like, it's a video and it's like mm-hmm. this guy going over to his like, commanding officer's house or whatever to have steaks and beer but the guy drugs him and he ends up getting like raped or whatever like and they're like you should never you know fraternize with people outside of your rank or some shit like that what the fuck i know and wait this is a real story this i don't know if it's a real story but it's a real training video what the fuck So it's called steaks. It's called steaks and beer. I don't know if it's called steaks and beer, but like they always refer to it as that. I wonder so, if I could pull it up. So, so okay, okay. So the the steaks and beer quote unquote video is a training video that says pretty much like don't fraternize with somebody outside your rank because they're gonna get you drunk and rape you. Um, something like that. Okay. Does anyone have a link to the Steaks and Beer SAPR video? Okay. All right. All right You've been right, searching for years to find a video about non-consensual anal sex between two male Marines. <laughs> that was on Reddit. Okay. They have another YouTube video. I guess they might have posted it in 07. <laughs> it's a real wow. fucking... Wow. It's a real fucking video. Wow. Holy shit. The military is fucked up. <laughs> Anyway, um, okay, so, so what the fuck were we talking about? The, 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 them getting away. <laughs> um, I, I forgot. What, what was your sense? Iconic or ironic? Uh, mostly iconic. Mostly iconic? Okay. So with that being said, I, I definitely feel this. that scene is still iconic. Um, it's, it, it, it's definitely, it's, 
it's really badass to fucking watch. Even if like, like folks, you, like if you haven't seen Heat, just go look at that scene. That scene is so fucking dope. How well it was shot, how the intensity of, of the uh, the actors like running through the streets of L.A. with like their I think it's like an M16 rifle either M16 or M14 and they're just like going through and shit like that and the, like especially like the sound design the sound design makes it so much fucking better because you're hearing like the popping and the banging noise of like the rounds going off and stuff like that which I, I, I just saw that um, they had fired from 800 to 1000 rounds per take mm-hmm. of that movie and there's like plenty of like camera switches and like positions they have to change up and everything like that yeah um, did you know that Heat is actually a remake of a previous Michael Mann film called mm. L.A. Takedown. Really? It's almost the exact same thing. It came out like in, um, let me find it on, on IMDb real, real quick. Well, which one did it better? Uh, I've actually never, L.A. Takedown came out in 1989. So he came out uh, about six years later. Uh, tough Los Angeles cop Vincent Hanna takes on a gang of professional bank robbers led by the precise enigmatic Patrick McLaren. Jesus Christ. I know, right? So he he's the Hannah name again. Yeah. Uh, Patrick McLaren is played by Alex MacArthur. Um, even like the box work is like, wow, that's heat. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should have watched that. I know. And see, and, L- and LA Takedown was written and directed by Michael Mann. Ooh, Michael Rooker's in it. Wow. Clarence Guerra Jr. is in this movie? Daniel Baldwin? I kind of want to find this movie now. Holy shit. Um, yeah, yeah. But, um, and I, and I believe this, if I remember correctly, I believe LA Takedown was going to be turned into a series and it never went through. I think I, from, if I remember correctly, I think LA Takedown was a made for TV movie that was supposedly going to be turned into a series, but it never, it never amounted to anything until years later it became heat. Mm-hmm. Which I think I think that's much better. I think because if they did L.A. Takedown, L.A. Takedown, and then turned into a series, we would we would have never gotten Heat. Yeah, and I think Heat's like borderline perfect. Yeah. Um. Also, a great double feature with L.A. Oh, <laughs> L.A. Takedown. A great double feature with Heat is is Michael Mann's Collateral. Mm-hmm. Um. After Kelsey and I had watched Heat and she went home, I was like. I'm gonna go watch Collateral. And I watched Collateral. I was like, it's a great double feature. It's a great fucking double feature. <laughs> Plus, who doesn't like Tom Cruise? Oh, especially as a villain? Holy shit. <laughs> Some good shit, man. He's kind of a villain in Interview with the Vampire. Yeah, but here in, in LA and Collateral, I keep saying LA Takedown in Collateral <laughs> in 2004. Oh, he's a fucking monster in that movie. Hmm. Great film. Great film. Um, so, Kelsey, do you think uh, 1995's Heat still holds up? Yes. I totally agree with you. Um, why, do you why do you think it holds up? Um, I would say that the themes are timeless. Mm-hmm. The camera work is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the directing is really good. The story makes sense. There's a lot of moving parts, and it still fucking makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um which to me makes Michael Mann like a great director because not a lot of directors can make so many plots work all at once. Um, let me see. I'm gonna try to find another Michael Mann film. You gotta check out other than other than Collateral. 
Uh, definitely want to check out. Let me make sure I get this correct. You definitely want to check out uh, uh, what's it called Thief. The uh, what's it called? The fuck! I forgot the goddamn James Kong. Sorry, he just died recently. <laughs> the James Kong uh, starring film is really great. Public Enemies, not so much. Miami Vice, not so much. Oh, you've seen Ali. Yeah, I told you I saw that one. Saw that one. Uh, Last Mohicans, I haven't seen that in a while. Me either. I've never seen that. Mad Hunter, the first introduction of Hannibal Lecter. Great movie. Great fucking soundtrack. I don't think I saw that one. You've never, you've never seen that one. But mm-hmm. that's that's also a great film. Um, so yeah, I think it still holds up. I've watched it so many times, and I've watched it recently. And I remember you and I were watching it, and I was still like fucking hooked. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure you, you saw me. I was just like, yes. um and i'm also looking forward to the sequel there is a novel of heat it's called heat 2 coming out in august 9th um and michael mann has like he has put it out there he's like i'm trying to make this into a feature oh yeah Um, and i'm sure he can do it yeah uh which heat 2 is is a prequel um showing like hannah and uh what's name macaulay like i think it's supposed to be i know it's hannah and i think macaulay and like them growing up in the ranks and stuff like that and it's supposed to take place maybe like a little bit after the events of heat Mm. so probably follow like the val kilmer character um i can't wait for that book to come out i'm gonna buy that shit (laughs) (laughs) um all right so is that it yes all right, so that's going to be our show for this week. We want to thank everybody for joining us joining us on this week's show. Uh, we would especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Uh, for all your, all your film news, TV news, and reviews, check out yourentertainmentcorner.com. Uh, you can find this podcast wherever podcasts, podcasts can be found. Uh, so next week, uh, we're going to be back. And we are going to be reviewing Bullet Train, uh, the Brad Pitt starring film, uh, which is in theaters August 5th, this Friday. Thought we got to try to f- fit that in this weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, after my therapy appointment, you're I don't gonna, work on Friday anyway. That's true. Uh, so with that, our geriatric cinematic... <laughs> It's going to be 1997's Gross Point Blank, <laughs> starring uh, Minnie Driver and, and John Cusack. Um, that movie is available to rent on Amazon, Apple, T- Apple TV, YouTube TV, and other VOD services. Um, the Turping for that week's show, it will be, uh, come on down, we'll have a few laughs, kill a few people. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right. I'm so glad you finally watched Heat. I know. I watched Heat mm-hmm. in the heat. It was double hot. Double hot. It was double hot and double badass. And I thought it was also f- kind of funny. We had to take a break while watching Heat. I like, think we paused it like 15 times. Yeah, but we, we took that long pause because we had to get something to eat. Yeah, we kept getting like, I need a snack. I need water. Because it was fucking humid. <laughs> yeah. Because we were watching it in the heat. Yeah, that's the best way to watch heat. In the heat. You know what? Anybody who wants to watch heat, take it with you into a sauna. Just feel the heat. Yeah, feel the heat after your electronics fry. Exactly. Well, you could put it in a bag. Something. It was still fry. 
Well, I mean, don't hold me to that because, you know. Uh, you need to ventilate your electronics. <laughs> I like that. That should be on some type of product. Ventilate your electronics while staying in the heat. <laughs>